Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 93 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler, I'm your host, and I'm pleased to be joined again by Brendan of Rugby Pick. And Brendan, how's it going, man? Colton, it's going well. Thank you so much for having me on, and congrats, you're approaching the big century mark. I know, I've been racking my brain for ideas of what to do for 100. I have a few things, really not rugby related at all, but but ways I think we can uh, celebrate the century. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there, as they say. So we'll go ahead and start the show the same way we do every week. That's by jumping into the breakdown. Quite a few bits of XO news to talk about, I guess, to lead off the breakdown like we do every week. And, the you know, the biggest news being that Jalen Robinson and uh, Sean Clark both signed with the Giltinis last week, uh, as you well, well know. Um, then right after, I think, I put the podcast out, David Still signed play for Austin Gilgronis. Um, and both David Still and Jalen Robinson made their Major League Rugby debuts on Saturday. Jalen logged about 20 minutes for the Giltinis in a 52-5 to drubbing of the Houston Sabercats. That was an ugly one, but it was good to see Jalen get in. And, you know, he's probably not going to log big minutes if it was a closer match. So it's good to see Jalen get in. And then David Still also logged about 20 minutes for the Gilgronis in a 47-21 victory over the Toronto Arrows. He really only had one carry on an inside line off of a lineout, but it was a decent run. He made some meters. Um, and, and just kind of the takeaway I got from is both guys just looked like they belong. The moment wasn't too big for them. They proved they could play in the in the big boy leagues after really just playing rugby for six months. They played 10 matches and they, they worked their way up to the MLR. Did you catch any of that, Brendan? Well, I have nothing but respect for the Australian crew that came in to run the Giltinis and Gilgronis. Yeah. These guys know talent. They're not going to sign these guys unless they know they can play. So... Colton, I think back to when the EXO concept was announced and MLR Reddit was up in arms about this can't be done and this is there's no way you can learn rugby in this time. Well, they proved them wrong. <laughs> and quite frankly, I hope everybody is eating their words because not only did they win a good amount of games, you now see players stepping up to the next level, signing with teams that are making a playoff push yeah. who clearly know talent when they see it and probably figure that they can make these guys even better um, with their high-performance regiments. So props to Jalen, props to David Still, and Sean Clark. I mean, what better teams to sign with? Yeah, seriously, teams that are in the mix, like you said, teams that you're going to play meaningful minutes for, which is always going to make it you know, just a little bit more exciting, a little bit better. There's obviously something there to play for. And I didn't do a great job articulating it last week, so I'm going to try again. I'm fortunate I have another week to try this again. But I, the point I was trying to make when I was talking to myself in that room like I do every week for half an hour is I could see where people are coming from when Maake Moody signed to the Giltinis. I could see the criticism when people – they have ground to stand on that. You know, Maake had played rugby. He played football in college. But, you know, he had signed a developmental contract with the Jackals. I could see I could see the criticism there, right? But, but this these last three signings are so different because – these guys li very literally had never touched a rugby ball until Jalen touched one for three days in November when they did the camp. David still came late. I think he's been playing rugby literally for 15 weeks before he got this contract offer. These are these are guys that are just good athletes and have busted their ass, put in the work, got themselves. They've earned this opportunity very literally. Nobody gave them this chance. So th that's what the point I was trying to make. I could see the ground you, that everyone was ha was saying with Maake, but this is so different, and I just think, you know, uh, I'm just super happy for these guys. I'm glad to see it working, and I'm glad to see better, you know, better athletes get a shot, you know, guys that had never experienced it before get a chance to play. Yeah, and 
Colton, the, the critics will never go away f- forever because <laughs> if I was a critic, I'd say, great, you've proven the concept. Now show us consistency. Show us that it's repeatable, that you can do it over the long term. So um, I'm excited to see what the XOs have ahead of them, not just the guys that have signed in the MLR, but what's going to happen with the club going forward. I'm sure you guys are going to do some sevens. It's just really exciting time. You know, Cole, I'm just feeling that rugby in Denver and in the Rocky Mountain Union is on the rise. Yeah. I don't know why. Not to steal Max Stacy's <laughs> Shout podcast, out Max Stacy. That's a, but that's... rugby is on the rise here in Colorado in general. There's a lot more clubs yeah. post-COVID. Um, Do you think that, like, COVID did that? Was that a good thing that came out of it? It gave, like, people a chance to maybe get their ducks in a row and... 100%, right? Active players never want to sit out an entire year or a year plus. And I know some college kids got screwed and missed two seasons, mm-hmm. key developmental years. But in the long term, rugby, club rugby at least, a sport that kind of struggles to have like steady administrations, it gave everybody a whole year to get, like you said, their ducks in a row, get their recruiting right. And now we see a ton of clubs coming back to the table ready for a big summer of sevens. It's gonna. You're right. It's blowing up right now. It's the world just feels. It feels back to normal. It feels like COVID's over. Like stuff's coming back, and it just. It's just cool. It's a good feeling. It's awesome to see. It was times when you would. You're just waiting for this day. So I'm glad that it's back. So to to round things, I guess back to to where we started. Congrats to Jalen and David. Looking forward to see them keep playing this year. Looking forward to see them make a push. Uh, be fun to watch. And like I said, I think. You know, I've heard rumblings of, of a couple more guys signing a couple different places. So we'll just have to wait and see. Just like the, the consistency putting out players with this whole program, we'll just have to wait and see. That's life for you. So, uh, yeah, we'll move into the next piece. So we've seen the first two MLR teams get eliminated from postseason contentions uh, with losses in round 13, the reigning back-to-back MLR champion Seattle Seawolves, and the Houston Sabercats have been eliminated from the playoff race. Do you want to do you want to do your thing right now? You want to talk about the season right now? Or should we wait till well, we get to the fixtures? We'll, we'll get to the fixtures. Just a note on Seattle and Houston. Yeah. Typically, in leagues that have promotion relegation, their hard work would be starting right now, right, right to to avoid that relegation. But this is an American business at the heart of it. All yep. the MLR owners are partners, and of course, they do not want a promotion relegation system. <laughs> so. Luckily for Seattle and Houston, all that's really going to happen is you're going to see some clean cleaning of house. You're going to see some. I mean, you kind of already are, right? You've seen, we've seen coaching changes on both of those fronts already. Yeah, the player changes will come yeah. with it too, because if you notice in rugby, there isn't as much contract stability as football or basketball sure. or baseball. It's it's usually one to two year deals, three or four if you're lucky. So there'll be um, there'll be turnover, but. Hey, even at the end, when someone lifts the shield, Seattle's still two-time shield holder. So yeah, they everybody still have back double, off They the still Seawolves. have double the titles. So yeah. That is true. Yeah, I'm heading out to Seattle next week to see the, the Seawolves take on the uh, Giltinis. Almost said Gilgronis. The, the Gills get mixed up in my brain still. We've, you know, we're almost at over a year since the, the name change for from Austin Elite Rugby. I still can't keep the Gills straight. I'm sorry. It's Gilly's world. You're just living yeah, in I it. know. He's obviously he's got I'm, I know both the names at least so that he's got that going for him. So I'm heading out there to see the Giltinis take on the Seawolves next week and so looking forward to get back to Starfire and uh checking out some rugby. Even if even if Seattle's not playing for a whole lot right now, it'll still be fun. So 
go ahead and transition into all the rugby that you could watch this weekend. Significantly less rugby to watch this weekend. It's kind of, you know, competition starting to, to wrap up. And it's kind of like really, honestly, the first little break we've gotten since, you know, all the COVID stuff, right? There's really been steady, consistent rugby. And I know we're going to transition into more seven stuff. Got LA sevens next weekend, you know, so. Olympics. Olympics coming up. Obviously. Kind of a big got, deal. Yeah. That's a that's LA sevens pre-Olympics is a little last trial run or something like that. So uh, we got the Rainbow Cup final. We got Benetton versus Vodacom Bowls on Saturday at 1020 a.m. Mountain Time. You can catch that on ESPN Plus and some pretty big news, I guess, around this whole tournament what this tournament's kind of turning into so it's been a trial run essentially for this newly announced united rugby championship this competition will see four south african teams the bulls the lions the sharks and the stormers join the guinness pro 14 uh the competition will feature an 18 match regular season that will start at the end of september so that's coming up pretty quick with a final being played in mid-june and it sounds like each northern hemisphere club will play two away matches in south africa every year and those will ideally be back to back what do you think about that are you is this something that excites you i'm glad to see the super the south africa like super rugby teams i guess land somewhere after that whole yeah division. unfortunately for south africa they didn't get a lot of rugby in covid not they, at, like literally they had at just all just right? withdrawn yeah. <laughs> from the Australian New Zealand partnership, they wanted to link up with Europe and because COVID rates were high, they couldn't make it happen. Even this wasn't, didn't, you know, play out the way that it was designed, right? No, they, they were supposed to, to have cross matches. Right, and they had yeah. to push just play, you know, in. So you got to be happy that South Africa is back at the table. I know it works better for them um, monetarily to link up with Europe and time-wise. Um, I've always loved Pro 14 rugby. I mean, British people would argue with me, but I think it's a more exciting <laughs> brand than than Premiership. Yeah, I think they just play looser and a bit faster. But you know what the hell do I know? All all I do know, <laughs> Colton, is that it's it's going to be an extremely fast track down games down in South Africa, and then your usual European weather up north. Right. So I believe the final is in Italy, Benetton. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I I'd take a flyer on the Bulls. Why not? Yeah. And I've seen, you know, I, I can't believe I'm even sounding surprised, but the reaction I've seen to this has been like overwhelmingly bad. <laughs> seen people just, you know, I've seen that's the URC. This irks me. Why do you care? Honestly, like people are so against change. I've learned, and I don't know why. Maybe I'm just learning this right now at this point in my life. But like, who cares, man? Like, if it's bad then just fix it again. It's the same thing with the rule chains. Last time you were on, how mad people got about all that. If Big it's man. bad, then fix it. Yeah. But who cares? Try it out. Well, you know, people need to understand that rugby is in a, a very hard and trying financial spot right now. So mm-hmm. all these league organizers are doing whatever the hell they can. They're scratching and clawing to find revenue, and that's what this is. So if the traditionalists don't like it, then so be it. <laughs> What's new? I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to enjoy it. So that does it for the Rainbow Cup. Moving into Premiership, we've got Bristol versus Harlequins and Exeter versus Sale. Uh, Bristol plays Harlequins on Saturday at 8.30 a.m. And Exeter plays Sale on Saturday at 9.30 a.m. You can catch both of those on Peacock. Those are the semifinals. Uh, Trans-Tasman Super Rugby Final is on Saturday at 1.05 a.m. we got the Bull- the Blues versus the Highlanders. We have the South Africa Rugby on my brain. You can watch that on Flow Rugby. And we'll move into the MLR round 14 fixtures. So, Brennan, just before we get into the matches, give me give me one positive, something you've liked from the season and one thing that you have disliked from the season so far. Okay. Well, 
you know, considering that on Rugby Pick'em, we, we try not to report on the, the players and the performances. We're looking behind the scenes, right? What's going on on the social media fronts and obviously the boots on the ground. We, we've been in search to find <laughs> fans. But one thing I've really loved is seeing the passionate fans all around the country. I'll tell yeah. you about some of the trips we've been on in a minute. Um, but on the social media front, whoever's running the Rugby Network's Twitter and all their Instagram – they're kind of killing it. Dude, it has to be a team of people, right? No one no one human, mere mortal, could put out that much content. I, I mean, it's think. edgy. They got Yeah, they do. They, they toe the line a little bit, which I think is you need that, right? It can't all be, you know, buttoned up. So it's been fun to see all that. My guess is it's uh, someone from Gilly's marketing team, <laughs> but that's just a guess. So I've really liked the stuff that the Rugby Network, they have delivered from day one. No crashes on their streams. They're putting up a lot of rugby content. As as Kamish Killebrew refers to it, it's an OTT network, mm-hmm. colon, which means over the top, yeah. which basically like, yeah, you're creating your own network that you don't have to rely on cable companies or providers for. So smart move. He's talking 33,000 as far as subscribers. Mm-hmm. I know I've made like six or seven accounts, so you're welcome, <laughs> Kamish. I'm just padding your yeah, numbers over you, here. I need to cut you a check. Uh, but one thing that has disappointed me this season, and I guess it's not like a surprise, to anybody but it's like the keyboard warriors who are trashing players online i just don't get it um and it almost always seems like it's coming from somebody who either has never played rugby before or has played like you know div three club mm-hmm. um houston's obviously having a tough season and they like have to post their score every week because mm-hmm. they have a sponsorship sponsor. yeah and it's... every time in the comments like people calling for people's this jobs team is so bad i've seen it too i'm like what's your deal you know right. just enjoy it man and i don't know the rugby media industrial complex that i joke about <laughs> all those guys have to create content so some yeah. of them are going to be critical of players but i don't get it the league's in such an early state it's like why mm-hmm. Why do you feel the need to be negative at the same time, Colton? The word uh, fanaticism comes from it's, early, I believe, Latin meaning like <laughs> an obsession uh, yeah. of a deity or, or a god. So these these people, these fans, these fanatics, maybe they're a little possessed, but just lay off the uh, the internet trolling for all of us. It's kind of sad, but doesn't it almost seem like that is the next stage and maybe like growth or like fandom is every, you know... Everyone's super nice. The first few years, they're happy to be watching rugby. And now, because if you like click on any, like name your team, name your sport in any other league, it's there's going to be just a million of those comments, Trolls right? Like out. maybe that's like the next step that it's almost a good thing Progress. in a way that like, like, I like that's like, a good spin. Maybe Colton says the league cannot <laughs> succeed until there's a good amount of trolls out there. I don't know. It means maybe a lot of people care that yeah, much, which so caring is good. Yeah. But no, but the there's ways to express awesome. it better. There's ways to express your care and your love for your team better. Yeah. Just, you know, there's people behind those accounts. Keep that in mind, everybody. Let's dig into the teams and the results and what we got going on this week. Okay. We'll kind of touch on each team as we Are go. Are we picking them or no? No, you we don't, don't, pick, we don't, don't pick, pick them. them. <laughs> um, but game number one, Utah Warriors, hot. Super hot. At Rugby United, also hot. Also very hot, so yes. So two of the hottest teams. And, you know, obviously the Giltinis are kind of penciled into at least make that Western Conference final. But, you know, they're one loss away. Could it's this a, it's Utah, closer? New York be a finals preview? It could be. Because, dude, I kind of don't think that the Giltinis are going to are gonna win the final this year. 
Like I just, and I don't, I don't have really any concrete evidence because it seems like they're the kind of team that could just flip the switch and beat you by triple digits. But I just feel like just the way that the league's gone and they exist, you know, since it's existed, it, it never really seems like the team that everyone thinks is going to win wins, you know? You could say Glendale in year one. I thought San Diego was going to win in year two. I just, I just don't think so. I think this very well could be, you know, a preview of the, of the shield. Utah cheats death every week. It seems like they're super fun to watch. And then Rooney, of course, they're just, they've played solid rugby all year. So looking forward to watching this one. This will be a good one. And I, you know, based on this document, based on the website, it's on big CBS. We're not even getting relegated to CBS sports right here. Yeah. The New York team, I really like uh, for a couple of reasons. They're just gritty and they play on that turf. And, you know, there's a couple guys like Harry Bennett does a podcast. He stepped in to the fly half roll and just crushed it playing really well. He's got the ball on a string with his kicks Anthony Perry is a guy who comes off the bench and has gotten some starts throughout the season. He's involved with high performance management group who are representing players, which we'll, we'll talk about a bit <laughs> later. I just like seeing guys involved that is beyond just playing right. on the field. So I'm rooting for Rooney. Uh, I think they'll probably be like playing for their coach who had to step away this whole right. season. There's probably some of that magic going on right now in the Rooney camp. Just a fun team, love to score full field tries. I think they're going to beat Utah at home, but but I think Utah is going to give us one of the Utah classics. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a, I don't know if you know this about me, I'm a huge Mikey Teo guy. Love watching Mikey Teo. He's probably my favorite player, one of my favorite players in the competition, and he has been. And I remember I saw him at Rugby Town before MLR started, and I was like, this guy is a monster. I, I love watching Mikey Teo. So it's, it's fun to – I just like watching him play rugby. So any chance I get to watch him, I'm going to take it. Great goose step. Oh, one of the best, if not the best. Moving into the next one, we got Nola Gold at Toronto Arrows. Uh, you know, like we've gotten our notes here. Must win for Nola. Might win for Toronto. <laughs> I, like that. I like that. Nola, dude, I when I had uh, our, my man James on last weekend, he put it in perspective to me. He gave me the whole picture. And this year has been especially, you know – obvious nola is so they win one they lose one they win two they lose two like they're so up and down and he painted the picture for me their overall record they're seriously like one or two games off of 500 since they've existed as a club yeah yeah it's a team i think that has the most points that has never made the playoffs yeah and here they are flirting again kind of in that third spot this is yeah this so is it's where a they must live. win they have to win it, it's technically on the road, but it's only down the down the road at, yeah. in Atlanta. But I don't know, Toronto, everybody's kind of like feeling bad for yeah. them. But these are the, you know, the kings of Canada. They mm -hmm. should have the best team, the best talent. But I don't know, a, a 12 to 15 week road trip that just kind of gets mm -hmm. old. So they're running out of gas, but it, it's a might win for Toronto. I, I feel like they're due to kind of play spoilers. So we'll that's, see. that's why you play the games. That match is on Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time. You can catch that one on the Rugby Network. Next match we're going to talk about is Houston Sabercats at Rugby ATL. I got a good name for this one. The Battle for the Soul of the Rugby South. <laughs> That's a good one. So, obviously, we just mentioned Houston's out of it. They're playing for pride. Rugby ATL's very much in it. This is a They need to win this game. They can't afford to. This might be a trap game, that, as they say, you know. You ever heard that term, a trap oh, game? Yeah. You take it, you know, they're looking at Houston saying, 
oh, they're done. We can just walk in here and show up and win. Could be. You never know. Yeah, I like Ryan Reese's form. Reese's. I yeah. think that's how you say it. Um, <laughs> dude's been really good, and obviously he's getting the eagle call up. So it's kind of it kind of happens fast when yeah. you're on form. You you make an MLR <laughs> roster, and then you start playing well. And next thing you know, you're Just getting so an email from Gary a, Gold. A lot of different opportunities to play for the Eagles this year too. That yeah. always helps out. Oh uh, yeah, so that's gonna be you know like we said, Rugby ATL needs that one. They need to they need to maintain that hold on top of the East because. Uh, was it? I always get confused. Do they have a game in hand over Rooney? Rooney has a game in hand over them, right? They have one more to play. Yeah, Rooney won the head-to-head, but Atlanta still has them on points. Right. So, big one for Atlanta. Uh, I don't know if I said this already, but that's on Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain Time on the Rugby Network. Uh, next match, got the L.A. Giltinis at San Diego Legion. You've dubbed this one. I got another creative name. <laughs> the battle for the rugby soul of SoCal. Oh, <laughs> like the we're talking a lot about souls here. Yeah. Heaven, rugby heaven. So obviously the Giltinis have had a better season and, and the Legion just went on a tear to, to lose a heartbreaker in Utah. That kind of puts them behind the eight ball, but you can guarantee that they want to pip the Giltinis at home and... This, this is their return to Torero. Torero. So they got to come out swinging. And they're, they're a desperate team. But let's be real here. If they lose, they're, they're probably, they're more than likely out. And you never count out a desperate team at anything. I challenge the cohort to sell this one out. I know yeah. they're not in charge of ticket sales, but they're in charge of morale but, there. At but take Torero. some initiative and sell out the game. Yeah. yeah I mean, do it. <laughs> come on. It's, it's, that one's on Sunday at 4 p.m. Mountain Time on Fox Sports 2. Fire up the cable box for that one. Last match of the weekend, we got the Austin Gilgronies at the Seattle Seawolves. Uh, this is the color rush game. Can yeah. we get the the Gilgrony burnt orange against the Seattle Seawolves teal? Yeah. I really like the way those colors clash. It's going to look good on my TV. Um, so excited for that one. Gilgrony's still playing for their playoff hopes. You can bet they're going to bring just about their best team. And as you talk with David Still signing, they've kind of re-upped uh, on mm-hmm. player signings, knowing that they're going to lose some Eagles. But, man, Seattle just wants that home win. They've Every single game they've played at home and, and barely lost, they seemed like the better team. They're just finding ways to lose. So, uh, yeah, it, this could very well be a week that they can strike, that the sea wall comes back. Yeah. Because Austin's, aside from last week where Dom Aquino went off, they haven't scored a lot of points. No, they really haven't. And I know we don't pick them, but I'm going to tell you what I picked for my Super Brew, which is not going that that great this season, which seems to be the case for a lot of people. So I don't feel that bad. But uh, I'm like firmly like smack dab in the middle. But this is kind of my this is my upset. I picked the Seawolves. I think the Seawolves could win. They've played. They've proved they've played like close matches all year, really, with a couple exceptions here and there. But they're in just about every game. It always just seems they kind of blow it at the end. But I picked the Seawolves. I think the Seawolves could upset Austin this week. And it's always fun to play spoiler. And they they could play spoiler this weekend and uh, put a little damper on Austin's Ooh, playoff. I like hope. that. I hope it rains. <laughs> yeah, here we go. I didn't mean to do that. And then another question I must add. That match is on Sunday at 6 p.m. Mountain Time on the Rugby Network. Not sure if I said that. But I've talked about this on the show before. Why does Seattle always play on Sunday? I'm going to get to the bottom of it when I go out there next week and I see we have a little Seawolf Sunday. Tra- yeah, that's trademark. I mean, Don't steal that. Should they run with it? Seawolf Sunday? I mean, I guess so. But it's you know, I just am curious. What you know? How did they did they want that? 
my guess is if you're Kamish Killebrew or whoever he hires to schedule out the games, you want to kind of dominate the weekend. And True. they've done a really good job of that. Remember, I, I kind of made the reference to I felt like I was doing NFL Red Zone. That is true, and yeah. And, man, it's just like having the access through the Rugby Network, Colton, even if I'm out doing errands, driving around my car, you can pull it up on your phone, hook it up to your earphone, yeah. keep the screen open, and just listen to it like a radio call. That's why on Rugby Pick'em, <laughs> we love to, you know, give Dan power critique. And I love hearing the call. It's just, it's great. He's the, he's one of the best. I love listening to Dan. He he is number one right now. (laughs) He is the voice and the face of the rugby network. Dan power. Keep doing what you're doing. We still need to play golf, Dan. We still need to play golf. So I will get to the bottom of that. When I go out to Seattle next week, I will find out why they all play on Sundays. And I put a little footnote in here. I'm getting digging deep into the numbers and, trying to find the nuggets to keep people coming back and they they've only they will only play four matches on Saturday this season and they'll play one match on Thursday which will be a nice little you know Thursday night rugby um stealing a little bit of shine from the NFL right there but that'll be a nice little change of pace at the end of the season TNF Thursday night yeah. rugby trademark it <laughs> yeah. just like Seawolf Sunday <laughs> so that's all that's all the that's all the rugby you can watch this weekend that's all the MLR matches should be some good ones you know it's starting to get down into the you know, it's like really time to get down into business. So there'll be a lot of good rugby to watch, a lot of people playing their hearts out. So, well, this is the part where we'd move into the interview portion of the show, but we don't really have a, I didn't have a guest this weekend. Brendan's my guest. He's flying co-pilot with me. So we got, we got some important questions for Brendan. So we'll kind of try to do these, I guess, a little bit rapid fire, but we, we could talk a little bit about it. So first one, obviously big hot button issue in rugby right now and always. What's your stance on respecting the kicker? Should we be quiet or should we be loud? So I understand what the tradition is in Europe, but this is America. Mm -hmm. We do things our way. I love a little heckle. I love fans making a difference. Be respectful. You know, don't go after someone's mother. (laughs) But yeah, I like the Warrior Panther riding the motorcycle. I like a well-timed troll song from the Nola Gold band when they're playing the trumpets. Yes, everybody who replied... Uh, to the Rugby Network's polling question that said that we're outraged and, and demanded the silence that you see at Aviva in Dublin. You know, we do things different here. And that, that should be part of the culture. That should be celebrated. You should get rewarded for packing the house. So mm-hmm. while I do, quote, respect the kicker, I'm still going to, you know, give him a Noonan and maybe a little whistle <laughs> and a hey, how are you? Yeah. Uh, maybe not in his windup, but as he's setting his tee up yeah just make him get in his head before he kicks it's fun colin it is supposed to be fun isn't this an entertainment business are supposed to be fun that's what people don't understand i get all mad when things are different but i'm agree with you 100 i went on the the dnvr ram show and i was trying to explain like that was kind of funny shout out my guy justin he's about to help me with a lot of different content endeavors uh you'll get to know justin a lot more but i was trying to explain to him how that's a tradition and like you could just tell that's just so foreign. And, and, you know, I've seen a lot of different places, but like imagine telling people at a basketball game, don't boo the person on the other team taking a free throw or don't don't cheer against this guy about to hit a game winning field goal right in your face. Like or a rock concert or like, a rock concert. Be quiet. They're performing. entertainment. <laughs> that's a good point. I didn't think of that one either. So, yeah. I'm anti. I am fully respect the kicker, but I'm anti. Be quiet. Be as loud as you want. Have fun. You pay for the ticket. How am I going to tell you what to do with your money? You, you bought it. You can't. No. Beauty of America. Okay, this is another big one I've seen floating around the internet. Have you uh, 
I'm sure you got some takes on this. So what do you think about people referring to things as scrums? You know, NHL playoffs are big right now. Rest in peace to the Avalanche. But all in the Avalanche games, I kept listening. I kept hearing when there's a big mess up against the boards, they say, oh, they're fighting for the puck in this scrum. You know, when, you, when you're interviewing somebody at an NFL training camp or something, there's a million people, they call that the media scrum. And then in football, when there's just a big mess of a, of a pile, they call it the scrum too. So what do you think about that? Does that bother you? Does that really grind your gears? No, it doesn't. I mean, if anything, we're, we're bringing rugby awareness to the plate, That's true. right? Uh, Chris Collinsworth used to get killed for it mm-hmm. on Sunday Night Football from rugby Twitter would come out and be like, well, actually, Chris, here's a scrum. Yeah. Who cares? Um, scrum, by definition, I believe, I, yeah. is Pulled like a today. lot of things, people <laughs> yeah. or things in a disorderly, unorganized matter. So, yeah, when bodies all are all over the place, people are going to call it a scrum. Don't get offended. It's uh, raising rugby awareness. People might say, what's a rugby scrum? Then you and might then, have a new fan. And then when you Google scrum definition, the people will be happy to hear this. Rugby scrum comes up first. Then the British definition, which is, you know, a disorderly crowd of people or things. And then the quote they use, which I thought was funny, is there's quite a scrum of people at the bar. <laughs> that they sounds like rugby too. The, exactly. So that's a good thing too. Shout out Tri Club. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you, you mentioned it. You alluded to it earlier. Tell us about the Boots on the Ground tour. Where have you traveled to so far? Give us a couple stories with some best fans that you've seen, some of the best fans you interviewed. Uh, we'll get into the rest of the questions I have listed here in a minute. Well, Colin, for starters, it's just good to be out and living life mm-hmm. after a year and a half at home. And, you know, as somebody who does podcasts, you know, it's very easy to just like sit at home, Skype with someone, do a podcast. So kind of wanted to break the mold and we talked about it when the season launched, like the goal was to get out there and to talk with fans. And I'm so happy I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were at the first Free Jack official home game in, in Weymouth. So part of their history, I like to call myself a founding member now. But I mean, Dude, some, some of those, of those fans, accents were, they oh, had to be fake. Like I was listening to that and I was like, this is not a real person. No, no, you got the hardcore Boston accents. But no, I mean, I'll give Mags a lot of credit. They have more of a pop stadium set up. So the work that goes into the game day experience is probably massive. I mean, it takes me almost a full afternoon just to line a rugby field in a park. I can't imagine setting up 40, 50 tents, getting your beer vendors in line, getting your food vendors in line. And the Free Jacks do that every single week. So unbelievable atmosphere. If you're living in the Northeast, get out to a game um, at Union Sports Complex. That was a great trip. We also headed to SoFi Stadium. So... I had always wanted to go to a Giltini's game at the Coliseum, but when they kind of teased that they were going to be somewhere different, I'm like, all right, let's see what this is. Did you is. think they were going to go to SoFi? No, I thought... I had, I had no idea. I was like, I, I really had no guess. I thought it would be like the park that we used to play Santa Monica against. Like, <laughs> I really thought there would be a ton of access, but no, when Gilly goes hard in the paint, he goes big, uh, rented out SoFi. The stadium experience was great, but there was like no tailgating and, and SoFi is built kind of like in this um, concrete, yeah. I guess, desert. So there's really not a lot of infrastructure around it, but man, it was fun time. Like free Gillies merch. Obviously the Gillies weren't free, but the price point was, <laughs> was something we could work with. And I interviewed so many fans there that were taking in rugby for the first time. So yeah. whatever the Giltinas are doing, keep doing it. They're doing ticket giveaways. They're bankrolling these academy There's a programs. Different famous person there every week, right? Oh, yeah. It was uh, no, but the Steve-O, final. I saw Steve O was at one of the Coliseum games, and 
Der- I can't think of whatever the guy from the office. He was at the last game last week, and I don't know, was his name Daryl something? Yeah, Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson, that's his name. This. Yeah, I mean they have the influence there, um, and it's just great because like I really want to go to the Coliseum. So mm-hmm. if they are first in the West, they'll host the semifinal. Um, which I might go to, and I will if they go win that, you. they'll probably host the final. So we may do another boots yes, on the ground. I want to go, but obviously, I did some boots on the ground here watching the XOs uh, yeah, play the Giltini crew. That was fun. Just seeing the Tri Club be back, you know, hearing Mayor Mike do his thing after the game. Like, you know, he's the best. He's the showman. It was great. Love seeing Infinity Park full. Free tickets always help. They, um, they looked but, okay in that one, too, which always helps. Not in the first half, but no. they're second-half team. They're like the Warriors. Yeah. And lastly, the Texas Cup. Um, Houston kind of has that if you build it, they will come Field of Dreams vibe. Um, and their front office did a great job aligning a big USA Academy or USA like um, talent camp and all these high school games that kind of fed into that game at night. So their stadium was packed. It was a ton of fun. It's just really fun. Like you have some experience here, right? Because you've reported in the MLR. Mm-hmm. You go to a game, you kind of see what goes on, and hopefully you get some player or coach interviews after. Right. When you do boots on the ground and talk with fans, there's no pressure at all. Just the person right, yeah. left, center of you. You're just like, hey, you want to do a 30 second interview? And they're like, usually a couple <laughs> drinks in, and so happy to it do it. It just flows. I heard yeah. man. I heard some lady talk about man thighs on the Texas Cup one. Yeah. Love that. And there's a, a lot of new rugby fans here. That's why I know the MLR is gaining some serious momentum here because some of those original founding teams now, you see Utah, like Houston had a good crowd. Like they're just packing out their stadium. And I think it, it could be that rugby is rising uh, again. But I think it also is like COVID's done. People are ready. It's been amazing. Um, and I, yeah, hopefully we'll get we'll get another one. I have one that I didn't list here, and it might be kind of, and maybe you've already answered it, so you can say I already answered that. Leave me alone. But like, this might be kind of like a sentimental, like sappy thing. But like, what have you like learned? Have you like learned anything doing this? Like, what's kind of the most like, I don't know, maybe encouraging thing is, I don't know, anything like that coming to your mind? Do you, you get what I'm asking? I didn't really I, ask I you do. a good question here. I but. do. No, what have I learned? I've learned that, you know selfishly for me when i make content i always want it to be changing i want it to be new i want it to be fresh a lot of people do a rugby show and they just kind of like hammer down the same routine every time i love your routine but other people (laughs) oh it needs a shake up i'm I'm doing my best i'm gonna tease that in the loop i just kind of like pushing myself to to see if i can do different types of interviews that that stick but what i have learned is that the average salt of the earth american is built for rugby it's entertaining you get to see nonstop action you get to meet all these friendly people and being there at the stadiums has has proven that to me and colton like i now that we put in bids to host these World Cups, like I am so confident that we would put on a kick-ass tournament. Oh, I know we would too. I talked about it last week. I'm ready to like throw my hand up and be like, World Rugby, you need a liaison and a host city? I'll I got line you the field. for Denver. I'll line the field for you <laughs> at mile high. No, it, it's exciting. Um, I've learned that the average American in rugby, it's a good fit. Yeah. I know you mentioned salt of the earth. That was a great answer, by the way. But you mentioned salt of the earth. Again, more important salt question. Do you put salt on your watermelon? Ooh, no. I mean, I thought that was a sweet deal. <laughs> it's the sweet and the salty. It's a good thing. You should try it. I'm very, like, I haven't done this forever. I'm learning that now this is kind of weird. More people I ask, like, well, I've never done that in my life. No, no, it's not weird. It's it's just uh, It's different. just me. <laughs> it's me. 
All right, that does it for the, the interview portion of the show, so we'll jump into the required reading. I didn't pick this one this week, so I'll let you take this one. Yeah, I actually picked an article. It's an oldie but a goodie. Alex Reese wrote a piece Have you for talked Flow to Rugby. Never met him, heard heard a lot of great things, and I have always like followed what he what he that wrote guy, that when guy, he was working for he, Flow he Rugby. Put, yeah, he put a lot of stuff out when he was there, too. So. Yeah, I think he's a great writer, and this piece is basically called How Legal Is This MLR Draft? Um, and they asked some really good basic questions. Um, now that draft number two is coming around the corner and they're adding the total amount of players they're going to draft, I think it's worth discussing again. You know, I, I put both hats on here, Colton. Like, if I was an owner and, and at the seat of the owner table in the MLR, I like the draft. It lets us take the best 48 players in college, tell them where to go, and evenly distribute them throughout the league at probably a slotted salary. Um, I put my player hat on. I think that it's uh, it's unfair. I think you are punishing the best players by basically taking away their right to hit the free market, at least for a year. Um, it limits their choice and... If, if players are just allowed to go hit the market and they're that much better than the next player, then they should make more money. But similar to the NFL, they like it because it's control. It really is all about control. And I can't speak for ownership, but I think it's unfair to have the draft without any player representation, right? There's no yeah, collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, should have agreement. some say as to what happens to their... Yeah, and Kamish Killebrew has done an amazing job legitimizing this league, especially on the sponsor front and that's what he was brought in to do but if they want to keep selling this draft as a way as a you know the league is professionalizing at a rapid rate and we want to create that pathway well you also have to do recognize the, things, the right? player group yeah you need you to, have do the to other sit things. down and hammer out a cba so you, i really don't think you can have one without the other um and seeing that they were extending the number of people being drafted I said it on the first time I came onto the DMVR podcast, and thank you again for having me. Yes, I, I really am blessed to just be me. <laughs> in an awesome Denver rugby community. But I have a bleeding heart for the players because I know how much they put on the line with their bodies, with their opportunity costs of pursuing a mm -hmm. career outside of rugby, and like quite frankly, the little pay they earn. Mm -hmm. I'm not asking the MLR to increase their salary cap by a whole lot but you know can you can you stop punishing college players by you know just telling them where they're going to yeah. go I, I would like to see guys hit the open market on the other hand i'm putting my fan hat on now i love one <laughs> extra hats. event in the right. end of summer and if dan power and danny wexler are leading it then i'm all in you know i'll right. be tweeting about it and i'll be involved so uh i'm really torn on this one but i think um yeah, you're going to link the article. Everybody should read it. Yes. And we should ask these questions because if we get to year four, five, six, and there's still no player group that's actually acknowledged by the ownership and there's no CBA, then I don't think that's, that's a fair. problem, yeah. <laughs> and, I, you know, you, you kind of said it all, but the thing I'll say, and Alex Goff had a good piece on this too, just kind of summarizing everything last week when it came out, is that – you know, the draft is in the best interest of the league, and you, you already said that. It's not in the best interest of the players. It's a way to keep, you know, supplying the the, lead, the team with people 
you know, coming out of college, it does provide a pathway, but you know, I think everyone can agree that it could be a little better. And I did a show with Blake Rogers, man, right before like all this stuff came out, it was right before COVID right before they announced the draft. Cause they announced a draft remember like in April during COVID. And I asked him, cause somebody wrote a question and saying like, what do you think about a draft? Is that ever going to be a thing? And it essentially came, Blake said, I was interested to hear what he thought just because he's like in the system and he just thought that it would never work in rugby just based on how, and this goes back to the American, anti-American thing, just based how it's set up everywhere else. You know, there's academy systems, you come up through the system, all that good stuff. Um, and, and I think like we've seen that it can work. We've seen all these guys play, but I always thought, and I still feel this way that it just was like a little too soon. And to your point, there's, there's things that are being left out whether these CBAs, there's no representation for the players. So I just kind of felt that it was all happening too soon. The money really, like you said, it's not, I don't know if I would get up and move across the country to go play in another market for, you know, what they're getting paid, but they're doing it for the love of the game. So I just kind of thought it's kind of a little rushed and hopefully it can, you know, last out and they can eventually hammer these deals out and make it like worthwhile for everybody. Let's recognize a couple of things that we talked about last time though. We definitely underestimated the amount of players For that sure. would that's, be making an impact this year. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It, it's proving that it's working. Like these guys are coming in, they're playing well and they're contributing. But to your point, it just could be a little more fair on yeah. the side of the players. So. But I think it also helps the colleges too. Right. Because they get they, to, you know, go to their boosters and say, and say look, look how many at, draft yeah, picks we've produced. This, so. There's a legitimate opportunity to yeah. do something with it this. It helps and, the MLR. It helps the college game. It doesn't help the broke 21-year-old who yeah. has to move halfway across the country because, you know, he got drafted by the Seawolves and he grew up in Florida. And I guess in that hand, like, there's no better time to do it, right? That's when you should do your living when yeah, you're 21. True. true. The, the you draft don't mind is, sleeping on some couches. Yeah, and... The draft is helping players experience the entire country. Live it, live in your life. So now read that piece uh, by Alex Reese. Uh, maybe we'll get a follow up from him. See yeah, how he feels hit a him year, up. a year track later. Him down. I'll, as of as always, I'll link that in the articles that has this podcast and on the little description and whatever app you use to listen to the podcast. So moving into the final piece of the show, the loop. I've got these snake drafts going, man. I have been working so hard on these, and I am so pumped for these to come out. So in honor of seventh season. Got some extra special podcasts coming out. Not only will we be dropping the weekly show on Friday, we'll be dropping Snake Drafts on Wednesday with the first one coming out next Wednesday. So make sure you check that out. We're going to be Snake Drafting some hypothetical sevens rugby teams uh, with with some of the beats from DMVR. So it should be a lot of fun. Like I said, I've done the first one. Went very smooth. Everyone had a great time. Uh, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to putting those out. I'm jumping on the Snake Draft train. This is good. The Colton Strickler content train is departing. Hop on board. Yeah, you, you actually kind of inspired this idea with your, your your little seven series that you're doing. So got me got my creative juices flowing. And I thought, you know what? I need to find something I can do. So I've got some coming out. So expected a, a double dose of podcasts for the next five to six weeks. Uh, and the best way to see everything we've got going on at DNVR Rugby is to follow along on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby and at Colton Strickler. You can follow along with everything Brendan's doing at Rugby Pick'em at Rugby Pick'em on the Twitter machine. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to, to promote about your show right now? Um, no, I hope that the Guiltinis win the West so that we can get in a plane mm -hmm. and go to the Coliseum because SoFi was awesome. 
but the Coliseum's got that history. The history. I've never been to the Coliseum. I've been around it, but I would like to go in and watch a, a rugby match. And if they make the final, or who, who, what celebrity are they going to bring out? They got to bring out like Leo or something, right? Step your game up. <laughs> it's the final. We need Leo. Maybe get a Matt Stafford appearance. That'd be sweet. Uh, so. I guess that's the show. Thanks for joining me, Brendan. I had a good time. I thought this was a really good episode, very solid. So thanks so much, man. Looking forward to seeing uh, what what else you're putting out. Yeah, same to you, Colin. Keep uh, keep the content train rolling. Everybody's loving it. Even if the XOs aren't playing, we expect weekly podcasts. Got to have it. You'll get it. This is where I thrive, I feel like. I like the, the freedom. So thanks so much, Brendan. Uh, we'll catch you later. 